I asked you to come up here, Scotty, knowing that you'd quit detective work. But I wondered whether you'd go back on the job as a special favor to me. I want you to follow my wife. No, it's not that. We're very happily married. Well, then... I'm afraid some harm may come to her. From whom? Someone dead. Scotty, do you believe that someone out of the past, someone dead, can enter and take possession of a living being? No. If I told you that I believe this has happened to my wife, what would you say? Well, I'd say take her to the nearest psychiatrist or psychologist or neurologist or psycho or maybe just the plain family doctor. I'd have him check on you, too. Then you're of no use to me. I'm sorry I wasted your time. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Retro Movie Podcast, a podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to be possessed by his great-grandmother, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? I, I don't have anything for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. I, I don't know how you judge how likely someone is to befall and by that that uh, that affliction. Uh, that affliction, thank you. But I mean, you do zone out a lot when you're I talking do. to me, or I'm trying I, to talk to you and you just kind of zone out. So. I did just do it right now. So. <laughs> there we go. Pretty spot on. Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the podcast where every perk and I review a movie uh, that's connected to the last one we watched. If you like our show, you can follow us on Instagram. No, what am I talking about, perk? I'm going into a different intro from a different time. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us are on TikTok. You, are you sure you were? We're on podcast possessed? services. I'm, I'm, I'm frazzled. All right, I'm frazzled. All right, all right. <laughs> Just come watch the movies with us, perk. That's all we want. Oh, yeah. Listen to the show, watch the movies, and we can come talk about it. Uh, last week, we reviewed Rear Window. And we followed up with another Alfred Hitchcock classic, Vertigo. Perk, my teacher of horse. Uh, yeah, all right. So Vertigo is a 1958 joint directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring James Stewart and Kim Novak. Uh, of, of all the movies we've watched on this show, maybe like do be sure to have watched the movie prior to listening to this. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. we always go full spoilers, but yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a... Uh, about a guy who is a former police detective who is decommissioned because of a incident where a, a fellow cop fell off a roof and died kind of at his expense. From that, he's got vertigo and acrophobia. And, uh, he's commissioned by an old friend to follow his wife around because she's been do- dealing with some superstitious nonsense, maybe. Yeah, she's been acting weird. And then uh, the stuff happens after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, couple fun facts. Uh, you will notice from the introduction, but this is the first movie to use CG. Oh, okay. the, uh, the graphics in the intro. And I assume later in the dream sequence, it's the first instance of computer graphics. Yeah, film. that's cool. That's actually really cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and then uh an uncredited second unit cameraman named Ermin Roberts invented the uh, the vertigo shot, like the mm. the, the classic shot. Yeah, uh, looks of, great. Like the track in zoom out, which is very cool. Uh, yeah, and in particular the shot that they did down the stairwell, um, 
in the mission mm-hmm. cost $19,000 for like <laughs> two seconds of footage. Yeah. Well, it, it uh, makes sense because if I remember right, like, yeah, it's on like a dolly mm-hmm. and the camera moves one way and the zooms the other way. But like you're doing that vertically. So that's not going to be an easy rig to set up. <laughs> True. But also they did have to, uh, they did, I believe they did it with miniatures that were set oh, okay. on their side. So gotcha. they, they made it a little easier, but still, I mean, 19 grand. Is <laughs> yeah. A lot of dollars, especially in 1950. In that time, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. That, there I, we go. That's all I really got. Okay. Well, Perk, you go first. What did you think of Vertigo? Uh, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic and uh, recency bias is a hell of a drug, but I think this is like one of the top 10 movies I've ever seen. Mm. All right. Your, uh, your, <laughs> your acknowledgement leads me to believe you uh, are not in agreement. I, I am not. I, I'm, this movie's not for me. I don't like it. <laughs> um, I, I think it's very slow. Like the whole first act it's very slow for not like a ton of payoff. And then the final bit of it is just like, wow, a man is bad. Shocker. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> it, it didn't like surprise me as much as I was hoping to. And like there obviously is like a big twist, but it just it felt like we couldn't have figured it out ourselves. It was like, oh, by the way, here's what actually happened with like no like pomp and circumstance. Um, and then things. Happen. I don't know. I just. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just going to say it's not for me. I know it's like one of the highest regarded films of all time. So I'm not going to be here and try to be, you know, the minority on that. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I it didn't sit well with me after watching it. That's fair. I uh, I get it. I I agree with you. It's definitely a lot uh, quite a bit slower paced than <clears throat> uh, other. I mean, other films we've watched, but um, it, it worked really well for me. And I think part of it is. Uh, like just the the mechanic of like the twist through it all really got me like the because mm. there's almost like a a dummy twist and then like a it it's not by the end it's not hidden at all but throughout it's it's kind of well hidden but uh, the obvious central twist which you're right is kind of laid out a, a little bit too expositorily maybe but I mean also I think the movie's long enough so I didn't yeah, have. Yeah. Too much of a problem with it, but um, it, was very, it was very abrupt. It was yeah. just like, oh, and here's what happened. It was like there was no like lead up or like suspense. It was just like, oh, here's the, what happened. It's like, oh, OK. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, the explanation that uh, this woman, Judy, was a body double for mm-hmm. Elster's wife so he could off her. Uh, what did that poor woman do, by the way? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but it had the most convoluted plan. <laughs> like, yeah. this plan required, it had so many steps, which, okay, the one thing I did like about the twist is that it explained away how she did not notice him following her. <laughs> because, holy fuck, how did you not notice this dude following you <laughs> to, like, places where there's no one else between the two of them? And it's like, oh, don't notice. And it's just like, okay. So I appreciate the twist explained that, at the very least. Um, and then I was also just like, how the fuck did he recognize Judy just walking down the street? Like, I don't know. That's it. Also, seemed a little bit too convenient for me. Um, but it, it's the plot has to move forward. So, like, they have to, like, reconnect. Well, I, and they they do kind of set up that he's like at that point, just kind of like 
mentally lost and quite literally every woman he sees who's blonde he sees her and thinks oh maybe that's her like yeah losing his mind but so i they did kind of establish it but yeah it's still quite the coincidence and uh i I mean yeah you you can pick at certain stuff like why wouldn't she just like get out of town but yeah i I, I, I don't want to rip on this you're like i want you to explain why you love it so much i'm just trying to like there's a lot of things movie that i thought were just kind of like weird and just didn't really sit right with me fair um no what the reason why i loved it is because there there's the plot twist that she was a body double mm-hmm. which i didn't see coming i'm i maybe wasn't looking too closely but i i didn't see that twist coming but that central twist dropped my guard and so i wasn't ready for the twist i hadn't been paying attention to that uh scotty the the protagonist is kind of just the villain yeah. um which becomes very obvious it's i had a, a really weird progression through it and i think part of it is like just this whole experience that i went through over the course of the movie uh is what kind of puts it way up there for me because i i was really loving it for what it was um through the first half through the twist like it, it was sitting right up near you know four and a half five stars uh, for me uh and then after the the twist when uh, Judy and, and Scotty start getting together and he is gets all real weirdly possessive and manipulative yeah, about her possessive. appearance. Yeah, yeah. At that point, like my opinion was was dropping. I'm like, oh, I don't like this because my, my thought was, you know, the way that this ends is he finds out or she tells him and it's like, oh, that's that's wonderful. You were the woman I fell in love with happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And then when things just kind of keep going more and more sour with like the weird obsession, uh, I'm I'm like losing opinion. And then, you know, towards the end, like when they're when they're driving back out, like when he finds out be the necklace and his response is to you know, drive back out to the mission. I, it clicked for me. It's like, oh, he's he's the bad guy. He's the yeah. problem here. His his yeah. obsession is the is the main antagonist. And and the ending absolutely floored me. Like I like I my you'll maybe you'll remember from the, the intro, but the the very start of the movie, uh, it's a close up of of an eye. And then the eye expands in shock. Like when the when the credits mm-hmm. started to roll, I just went. because i was like there's no way there's no way that that he ended it like this and i'm so glad it did because it just so emphasizes everything about like the the main characters descent into madness and and spiral literal spiral figurative spiral into obsession um so yeah the the fact that i had had my guard dropped by the the twist just to then be to realize that i had been lured into rooting for the protagonist just to find out, Oh wait, he's the problem that it was, it was magical for me. I'm, I'm very happy that you liked it. <laughs> I did not like the ending. I thought it was really dumb. Um, how the nun comes up and scares her into falling off. Like I, I was, I was thinking that he was going to believe that Judy was not the girl he fell in love with. He fell in love with Elster's wife. And so he was going to push her off or something along mm. those. Like you're not real or something like that. But the fact she just gets spooked and falls off, like what 
what? That that just was so unsatisfying to me. I disagree. But, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I uh, I suppose I my I don't know if I don't think I would have preferred that. I think that's too him pushing her off would be far too overt. Or maybe is it somehow or maybe accidentally. Some I feel like he yeah. had to be connected to her falling off. The fact that a third party comes up and spooks her off, I'm just like, what? Like it, I, I feel like it just kind of, I don't know. It's a, it's it didn't a device, connect with the rest yes, of the going But on. I'm, I think my when my expectation was right off into the sunset, her mm-hmm. death being like the closing shot was that was big. Like that, it. I, I wasn't too worried about the mechanic, more so like the moment. The I results. Guess. Yeah, the result. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I, but I, I'm with you. I mean, like. Even when he came to her apartment after he saw her and was like trying to like question her, it's like, bro, fucking stop. Like you're being creepy as hell right now. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get the fuck out of here. And I so this is obviously just like a preconception too, but but I mean, it's no secret that social dynamics were different a long time ago. And so I, I also kind of just dismissed all the creepy like all the creepy shit because it's like, uh, mate, you know, it was a different time. Men were more controlling of women and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But even with that, like he's double her age. Like I looked it up, like the actress is like 24 and he's 50. Like, I'm just, yeah. and even they, I mean, they mentioned the movie, she's 26 and he looks older. Like even with that. And, okay. Here's the other thing. Why the fuck does she fall in love with him? Like, what does she see in him? And she's just like, and she's like, yeah, I'll do all this super, like, everything you want so I can be with you. Why? <laughs> I don't get why. She, like, Midge is one thing. Midge has known him for a long time. Sure. But, like, why the fuck does Judy love this dude? Like, that was what kind of also fell, from, far, fell apart from me at the end is up at the bell tower. And, she, like, she was trying to, like, bring him back and be together. And she's like, oh, I love you. It's like, but why? Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, and can, can we also just talk about Midge for a second? When she revealed that painting, I almost just laughed my ass off. Like, what the fuck was that? That was just so weird. And I'm like, yes. Mitch, what the fuck are you doing, man? That it was weird as fuck. Um, yeah. So I, I love, I love Mitch because for I love Mitch because she just knows everybody and she knows someone who knows everything. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a device, but I think it's goofy and fun. And the whole time I was like, oh, he doesn't deserve Mitch and. And he looking, doesn't for sure. Right. But looking back, it's like, oh, he was just an asshole to Midge the whole time, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, he was just an asshole. Like, whereas in uh, like in last week's movie, Rear Window, LB Jeffries is pretty much an asshole to Lisa. Yeah. But yeah. He, he gets the girl. And so maybe I, I was also geared up by that. And the fact mm-hmm. that like. James Stewart is clearly the good guy in in Rear Window, and so maybe I was disarmed from that too. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. uh, the juxtaposition was uh, also helped uh, my experience, but yeah, it, justice for Midge, honestly. <laughs> I'm 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 partly with you, but partly like Midge, you're weird. Like that, she, <laughs> I don't know. She like, definitely, she definitely <laughs> a little weird. Like the fact um, she painted that painting, I'm just like, what? That was not the move. By the way, <laughs> hell of a painting. 
I mean, it's, yeah, it was well like, done, very Mitch. detailed, very detailed. But then also later when he's in like the, the mental home, she's yeah. like, oh, I'm being mother. I'm just like, what? <laughs> God, this is all like, this is so fucking weird, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I think what you're talking about of like, it was a different time. So like you were kind of dismissing some of like the misogyny and just kind of like general stuff. I think that was just me pulling away even more of just like, yeah, men being misogynist and gross possessive, like not surprising and i don't really care to see it you know like not not, not saying like we should shy away and be like it doesn't happen but like in this specific case i'm like he's being creepier and creepier and worse and worse i'm just like oh god like this is just un- like frustrating to watch um and i don't know the fact that judy <laughs> still had the necklace and put it on like what do you think was going to happen he was obviously going to recognize that like and i'd say that she deserved to die because of that but just like why'd you keep it why like I don't know. There's just decisions like that. I'm just kind of baffled by. And I just the movie was just I don't know. It didn't work for me, but I'm very happy that you liked it. Yeah, uh, maybe like I just wasn't sitting here with like a pen and paper picking a hole in <laughs> everything I could possibly find. But I I don't know. It's a nice necklace. Maybe she forgot. Like, hey, wear this. Maybe she didn't realize the connotation between the two. I mean, maybe, uh, but like she was acting as Corletta kind of for like, oh, I mean, I guess not a while. I guess it was probably like a couple of weeks, uh, maybe. I don't know. But right. I, but I, yeah, I mean, also, it's like the the guy probably just handed her some jewelry and told her you're pretending to be this guy. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I I didn't have uh, I didn't have the same sort of troubles, but I, I there's just. There's a lot that I, I really connected with. Um, and we haven't even talked about like the peripherals, but yeah, um, the score is fantastic. The I score. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. There, there are some it. really powerful moments of, of score that like stand out. Um, one in particular is the, the scene where finally in full, full, uh, What's her name? The Judy? No, the woman she's pretending to be. Oh, Madeline? Madeline, thank you. In full Madeline get up when they finally kiss and it's the full 360 shot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it starts with triumphant, like, you know, big bombastic mm-hmm. music. Uh, and then as the, the scene turns and the background shifts to the background of the mission where Madeline died, and mm-hmm. and the music at the same time shifts into a more uneasy like tone, and then you see him him pull away and and look confused like yeah. what what am I doing what what is this but then yeah he pushes that down and and is just over consumed with with the love of this fantasy he's created and goes back in and then the music picks back up it's just really masterful yeah musical work. I mean, musical um, and visually, I think the visual effects were also like a big standout. Like the yes. vertical effect obviously is iconic, but like the CG stuff and like the in the middle after um, I guess Elsa's wife dies and he has that like dream. There's like the dream sequence and it's like his like just his head and like the colitis. All that stuff looked great. Like, yeah, I thought the I dream super sequence. Well done. You're right. It looks fantastic, but also it was like it was like genuinely unnerving at yeah. points. Like when uh, Car- Carletta shows up in dream sequence in like a yeah. scene that she wasn't all like, Oh wow. It took well, me back that, a little bit. 
I thought that he then got possessed by her. Like I thought that's where mm. the movie was going. Um, is like, oh, so Madeline died, and then the curse passed on to him somehow. Um, and obviously, it's not where it went, but that's what that dream sequence made me think. Because yeah, it was freaky as hell. Yeah, it's uh, it's like definitely a, a good scene. And at that time too, we're still in the position where we're thinking that Scotty's like the protagonist, and and we're rooting for him, so we like feel bad. And then he goes to the to the mental ward and like, mm-hmm. thank God they don't check people in for being sad anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of just really cool like directorial tricks. We already talked mm-hmm. about the, the vertigo shot, the zoom, but and some like thematic touches that are really cool. And it's like I, I, I got a few things just kind of picking around online that I think are super cool. Yeah, uh, the, the one that I noticed so I can give myself a little credit for not being so dumb. But uh, when they're talking at, about the that cross section of the sequoia tree, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, was lost in a fire in 2020, by the way, that oh. that specific um, cross section, uh, he says the sequoia vera valdes or whatever. Mm-hmm. It means. Uh, always green ever living mm-hmm. and then when judy finally gets the whole madeline outfit set up and she walks out of the room there's a green glow around her like a ghostly mm. glow like like yeah to, to tie that back in with the whole ever living unsettlingness of, of mm-hmm. it all and the uh another fun fact i saw is that when the when he's following her in her car and she's trying to find his like apartment um, and it's kind of just taking weird random yep. turns. Uh, and he's first, getting more and more flustered. He's like, yeah, okay, what, what, what are we doing? Yeah. First of all, the um, the path that they take is actually mappable, which a lot of times in movies, they don't bother with doing that because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not really worth it. But mm-hmm. uh, also there's some just like thematic connections in even that little following scene. Uh, they are constantly, he's following her constantly down, always driving down. Mm-hmm. And she's taking these like weird turns, like almost mindless spiraling turns. He's spiraling downward literally in this scene. And mm-hmm. it, you know, that ties into the vertigo and, and the spinning and the, the all the graphics and, Oh, I'm just like, I want to just find whichever film student made their thesis about this movie and read it like <laughs> 10 times over. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any um, recommendations based on this? I can't really think of anything that was similar. I no, I can't really. I mean, I've got uh, like, it reminded me of just like another thriller that I really enjoyed Chinatown. Mm. Um, just another well-scripted thriller, but like nothing really like this for me. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I feel like I have an inkling of like there's another movie with like a person being possessed maybe by like a spirit. But even that's like not exactly movies about at the end of the day. So I don't know. But yeah. Anything else you want to touch on before we move on? I put a lot of notes, but (laughs) I I think I covered most of them. Okay. Well, that is our review of Vertigo. Um, Let us know if you agree or disagree or agree with Perk or agree with me. Who knows? But um, 
before we reveal what we're watching next week. It's bone shrewd time. And Perk, this this week I get to sit back and listen to yeah. you chat about what you watched. I got I've been reading too much and my book isn't done yet, so I can't talk about it. Okay. But uh you got some movies for me. I do. So I've got we'll start with the Giga Banger. Um <laughs> this <laughs> this weekend I just got together with some friends and uh took some uh mind altering substances and watched National Treasure. Oh, classic. Which what a time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, it's not a good movie, but it's just so fun to watch with like booze or, or other things mm-hmm. to just, or and with a party. Cause you just sit there and you just like chirp at the screen the whole time. Like, yeah, what the hell? Like Nicholas Cage's character is like super shitty to Diane Kruger. <laughs> like the whole time. He's just super yeah. misogynist. Like he, the number of times he tells her to shut up. I was like, <laughs> I kind of hate him. What's going on? Uh-huh. Um, and all the just stupid, like, logical inconsistencies mm-hmm. where it's like, how could you have possibly known that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're like, when he figures something out, he's like, no, it's not that. It's this. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I just, <laughs> it's such, it's such a fun time. Yeah. Um, but like, don't go watch it stone cold sober because it's okay. But you'll probably just fall know. asleep. I, I might. I have so much nostalgia for that movie. I watched it so much as a kid, and I just freaking we loved all? it. Yeah. So like, it's, yeah. Uh, just it's a good time. Riley, um, best character. Yeah, aka Doug from The Hangover. Mm-hmm. Really, he really soared to big heights after this one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. And the we'll go with what did I see next? Um, I watched, yeah, I'll I'll end on the good and we'll we'll get in here. (laughs) Yes. I know you've all been waiting. I watched Nyad. (gasps) Shock. I know. Um, it's fine. It's, it's like nothing special. It's about, uh, oh wait, I, I spent all day thinking up this joke, uh, for a movie about the ocean, you'd think it'd have a little depth. (laughs) <laughs> thank you thank you thank you mm-hmm. um no it's okay it's a story of a woman who uh tried to swim from cuba to florida when she was 28 and didn't make it and then decided when she turned 60 she was going to try again she made four more attempts and on the fifth attempt she made it um annette benning plays the the main character the titular naiad She's good. Uh, a couple scenes, she's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, her coach and lifetime friend is played by Jodie Foster, who's terrific. Uh, she's kind of just always great. Love yep. Jodie Foster. Um, I, I, I'm not going to be like mad that Jodie Foster was nominated. I, I think Annette... Benning being nominated is maybe a stretch. Um, and it's one of those things where it's not necessarily the performance, but when you hear about like all the, the training and prep that went into the performance and that's like the selling point, which mm. I get it. There's, there's something to that, but um, I certainly wasn't like blown off the screen by, by her presence. Um, the, the character that she plays is kind of just, shown as like focused and and like motivational but 
They don't really dive too deep into her character. Uh, I mean, reportedly she's kind of an asshole to mm. like her crew and everything. And there's a whole website uh, made dedicated to listing off the number of times she's embellished her own achievements. The, the very swim that happens in the film uh, has not been certified by mm. the, the body that does those things. And they even reopened the case uh, this past year because of the production of this movie. And once again, they couldn't certify it um, because there just wasn't good enough record keeping, which the swim happened in 2013. Couldn't you have just had like a video camera? Yeah. The yeah. whole time. Yeah. Pay a kid to do it. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't doubt that she did it, but it's uh, there's a lot of haze around the movie. Yeah. The movie itself is fine. I think like if your parents ask you, hey, what's a movie we should go see? And they like inspirational sports stuff. Like it, it'll work. Um, <laughs> You'll get the job done. Yeah. I'm not like offended it exists or anything. It's, it's nice to see uh, Jimmy Chin doing stuff. I free solo is one of my favorite documentaries. So mm. uh, he's the director of that and this, um, but yeah, I, I maybe to donate the money that you put into this uh, for your consideration campaign instead of doing it. I, I yeah. don't know. It's yeah. just, it feels like just the very typical, these are the movies that get made to try and get someone an Oscar. And it's probably not going to work. I mean, knock on wood, but um, yeah, I, it's kind of, it's not, it's not going to stay in my memory long. It's okay. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the last one I went out and saw, Finally, to cap off, um, which is got to be the quickest I've ever done it, but the last of the best pictures that I've yet to see, uh, the zone of interest. I went and saw oh, baby. Yeah, it's been unseasonably warm. So I walked over to the movie theater across the river mm. um, and caught it. Uh, it's something. So yeah. the, the premise is it follows a family, uh, the family of. Uh, Rudolf Huss, who was the chief commandant of Auschwitz uh, for a majority of, of World War II. Um, and it takes place in his, uh, his home that he and his wife and several children live in, which is directly adjacent to the walls of the, of the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's from that standpoint, it's just a very like interesting way to look at it. You you don't yeah. see because a lot of times in in World War II movies they they do depictions of atrocities, which it's hard to. I mean, it's just hard to do because there's no real way to portray right how terrible everything was. But um, this is an interesting way to do it. You don't see it, but you hear it. Like mm. the the. Uh, the wife played by Sandra Huller, who's wow. What a year. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her mom comes to visit and like, the, you know, they'll just be talking in the kitchen by an open window and you just hear gunshots. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just very like a interesting way to look at it. 
like I keep saying interesting. It's in the damn title. I'm not trying to do that, but um, <laughs> it's and it, it poses a lot of questions too because uh, this happens, you know, in the periphery of atrocity, mm-hmm. and the whole time the like the main uh, Rudolph, the the chief commandant, is like trying to make it a, a more efficient way to dispose of bodies. Like they're trying yeah. to engineer ways around that problem. But, you know, his house is in this just beautiful garden with a pool. And, and it, it makes you ask the question, like when you think of, when we as a society think of the Nazis, it's so easy to just paint them as evil monster villains. Right. And yeah. say, Oh, I would never. And you know, most of us, right? You you think that you you always say that you'd run into the burning building, but you can never know. Mm-hmm. And it it's just it's too convenient to paint these characters as as cartoon villains when th- this is just like a family, and they're just yeah. like there are really good barbs in in the movie, like lines of dialogue to remind you where you are, and like this is not as as wholesome as it seems like at one point sandra huller tells one of their servants like when she's like slow to bring a plate back or something it's like i could call my husband and have your ashes sprinkled in the river by morning it's like whoa yeah uh i i don't know i there's a lot of thoughts it's it's hard to kind of conceptualize and and boil down what it is but everything is like a lot of times the cameras are just static cameras that are just like on a table in the Mm -hmm. kitchen and then when you walk into another room it's like a different static camera in the corner and like the clinicality of that really reflects like what the the commandant is is working on just like all the clinicality of like this murder it's just it's such an unsettling and uncomfortable movie, but I think it's very good. Mm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I like, I've just rambled and had, haven't really said anything, but I'm, I'm glad to see a movie like this in the discourse rather than something we've seen a billion times, like all sure. quiet last year, yeah. which yeah. was a waste of my time. This is definitely not that. Um, so it makes sense it got the best picture nom? Yes, I think so. And I think the the best direction for Jonathan Glazer makes sense too. I imagine this will handily win international feature, uh, considering Anatomy of a Fall is not in that competition. But right. um, yeah, uh, maybe go check this one out. Just know it's it's challenging and it's not going to be comfortable. But it's it's so unique. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Right. Okay. So you're saying I should maybe go see it. Yeah. Uh, just know know what you're in for. Uh, it's definitely slow too. I I didn't mention, but there's there's not really a plot. It's right. it's kind of just observing the everyday life of this family next to atrocity. Right. The slice of life, <laughs> which normally yeah. is a normally is term. not. Yeah, not yeah. not quite in this vein. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, thanks for for sharing. I've been yeah, really wanted to hear your thoughts and so on interest in particular. So um, maybe I'll go see it. We'll see. Um, 
but that wraps up our show for this week. Thank you everyone for watching or listening. Uh, next week we are following James Stewart once again. Uh, we're going to Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Um, I think it'll be more of a, a wholesome picture than Vertigo and Rear Window, but maybe he'll play a, a nice guy for once. <laughs> um, but that is only be able to rent, unfortunately. So you have to to spend a little bit of money to watch it. But um, next week, I'm Mr. sure Smith, it's worth it. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. so. Um, yeah, Mr. Smith goes to Washington to be able to rent for next week. And until then, thanks for watching. Bye. Bye-bye.